What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is the Wednesday NFL edition. Sean and I jumped right in, talked about the Giants and the Jets to start off as usual with the locals. Then we broke down the Thursday Thanksgiving Day slate. After that, we broke down the AFC wins, finally the NFC wins, talked about some league news, went deep into the Reuben Foster thing. I kind of just let Sean go on that one. He had a lot of really good points that he made, support everything he said there, definitely. After that, we reviewed our picks and Will's picks. Good job by Will going 3-1 and one this past week. Finally, to end off the pod, we did our picks for this week up and coming. So enjoy this pod, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Shoot us an email, Sorry Sports at Yahoo.com if you have any questions or concerns. And always check out the website, Sorry Sports.com, and enjoy the pod. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt NFL podcast. We're back here. We've done our shows on schedule this week. Uh, Tom, what's up, man? Let's talk some football. Clap it up for us, doing things on time. You know, getting through our jobs, getting through our lives, and we are here for all of you. I'm almost not sick, too, so. Also very exciting. Um, Good stuff. Absolutely. So, as always, we are going to jump right into the NFL. We're going to start with the locals. Both teams played this week. Jets off the bye. You know, did what you'd expect. Lost by 14 to New England. And, mm-hmm. and you know, actually McCown looked halfway decent in, in that game with some throws. But at the end of the day, you know, I think this is the point where you really wish you could see Darnold play. Because I did watch some of that game. I had it on simultaneously with the Giants. and I, I didn't watch a minute. I, I watched only red zone. I would have liked to see Darnold be playing in that game. I'm telling you, man, the Patriots, you know, the score was not really reflective of how that game was played. They were not that impressive. I don't think this team's that good, the to Jets, be honest The with Jets you. hung around, and if they had a more, you know, dynamic offense, uh, maybe not so injury-riddled, if Darnold was maybe playing, uh, he could make some plays at McCown camp. But either way, you know, I think just watching the Jets now feels a lot like last year. Obviously, you know you have your franchise quarterback, and he might even play this week, but... It's it's so hard to you know if we weren't doing a podcast and I didn't have to talk we didn't have to talk locals it would have been really hard for me to stay on that game. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't watch that much of the Jets game. I just saw glimpses of it on Red Zone. I guess I'm not as serious of a journalist as you are. So. It's sad. I, I I think we should have you know mutual dedication to this. Yeah, but. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize to everyone. But again, this was just the Patriots beating the Jets. We've seen it for the last. 20 years. Yeah, 20 years since the start of the century. So, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, you know, the I took more away from the Patriots. Obviously, Todd Bowles is a dead man walking. We've, you know, set our piece. And at the end of the year, you know, Tom's going to probably do a deep dive on that and what that means. But for now, he's still manning the sidelines. It is what it is. They yeah, lost he's to a, a much better walking, team. So. Uh, McCown played. There's your $10 million backup quarterback. I hope Darnold, for your sake and other Jet fans' sake, get in. You want to see what he can do. Obviously, if he's not healthy, don't push him. But if he is healthy, get I him out there this week. and let him just, you know, turn the ball over. If he turns the ball over, throw a bunch of touchdowns. If that's what he does, he's not working with a lot. But I still think you got to go through your growing pains. This is going to be a year where you're happy he finished the season instead of saying, you know what, we're going to take it easy on him. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to he's going to take his poundings at some point. Might as well do it in a lost year, right? Yeah, and next year you got all that money to spend, and you want him learning his lessons this year. So next year when 
you are in somewhat, not totally, but in somewhat of a win-now situation, I guess you would call it. He's more ready to go, and he's learned from those mistakes that he already made. I'm in agreement with you there. But again, just to recap, focus on this game, period. Jets are decimated on both sides of the ball, and the Patriots are just a better team. What else can you say? But I I think, you know, if you want to talk Pats for just a quick second— Gronk had a game. He had he a has, really good game. Know, that's mark it off on the calendar. That's one every month for Gronk, and that's what it's going to be this year. That defense doesn't look good. I mean, McCown, no. like the Jets had a lot of yards. They just couldn't convert them into touchdowns and points. But and that's what bad teams do. They don't convert those. Right, but, but they were a better team is going to put up 30 on yeah, that defense no, yeah, easily. Absolutely. I mean, we saw the Titans do it before the bye, and you know they got to clean up a lot of things because this Patriot team – they don't look like the Patriot team of a few weeks ago. But you know what? You look up, and they are going to be the two seed in the AFC this year. So. Yeah, they're tied with Pittsburgh right now for the two seed. Yep. So nothing really to worry about. Status quo in New England. On to the next game, as Bill Belichick so famously probably says every week in a in a presser. So actually, a three way tie with uh, with Pittsburgh and, and uh, LA. All I'm not three, concerned. All three have three losses. I wouldn't yeah. be worried. Are you? No, but yeah, exactly. I, but I I still think that there are definite concerns if you watch that. You know, not worried. In fact, of you know, not a Patriot fan. But Absolutely. I think if they have to go to Arrowhead, if they have to play, you know, I feel like they have Pittsburgh's number. It doesn't really matter. I think they're a better team than Especially Houston. Especially their last season. Yeah, yeah, they're a better team than Houston. Oh, Houston's played they'll nobody. T- they'll take down whatever wild card team ends up getting in there and and playing them. You know, whoever they draw, but. I, I definitely think that if this defense doesn't figure something out, it's going to be another 45 to 40 kind of game. And if it's in Arrowhead, that game that result could could end in a different way. Yeah. I'm in agreement with you, but again, we were probably saying the same thing last year, and before you knew it, they went to the Super Bowl. So. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but just watching that game for as much as I did, I was like, wow, you know, the, the Jets are moving the ball at free will on this team. Before you know it, man, it's gonna be we're gonna be looking up and it's gonna be the playoffs and we're gonna be like, holy shit, they were holding a lot back from Josh no, Gordon. I I certainly I certainly and that's just no. me being a tortured Jets fan, not not willing no, to. No, but believe you're also that. being smart because until they prove otherwise, why would you count against them? I was just noting, you know, you made the point just focusing on this game, especially after that Tennessee game, they definitely didn't clean much up during the bye on defense, and they got lucky that they faced Josh McCown well, I just and, not don't a, think, and not a better quarterback. I don't think you can clean up lack of lack of athleticism and talent unless you sign somebody else, and none of those guys are out there walking the streets. And I've been saying this since they were playing Matty P and the Detroit Lions. Their linebackers can't move laterally at all whatsoever. And if you can't do that when a guy gets outside on you and runs, it's a wrap. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So, you know, moving They have on. good corner play, and they can get a pass rush, but that middle of the defense is, is where they really lack. Yeah, I mean, we expect them, you know, at, at the end of the day, they'll be where they usually are, which is basically at the top, top two. Right. Yep, absolutely. But they'll moving, have a bye week. Yeah, oh, no, I, I think that that's pretty much a given with the pass in the playoffs. But moving on to the Giants, uh, who lost a crushing game in Philadelphia, and... I'm going to pick this game apart in the same way that basically everybody has since Sunday, including the broadcast. Why was Shaquan not playing in the second half? He got five touches. No, because, see, I heard— I don't think so either. I heard that that take, and it makes so little sense. And from people who are, you know, making money off their podcasts through that around and actually wanted to have it with validity, and I couldn't believe it. It's like, listen— why would you build up a lead on the road when you're still 
alive in a playoff picture. If you don't want to play him, then just sit him basically for the game. Yeah. Don't put don't put him don't run him twenty times in the first half. And I mean, listen, Shaquan. If they not, were losing nineteen to three going into the half or nineteen yeah. to ten, whatever it was, then okay. But you're mm-hmm. winning. And 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 for me is you heard me go on this podcast a, a couple you know weeks ago when the Giants won that game in San Francisco, and then took down Tampa last time, and I said you know what, they it seems like they have a little bit of an offense and maybe losing games, you know, full bore isn't the best case scenario because you want to see if your coach can actually coach and get better. And this game could not have been coached worse. And I and I'll no. say another thing. Where was Odell Beckham in this game plan? Now he kind of I know stirred it up a little bit by somewhat throwing his coach under the bus. I didn't take it that way and you know that I don't love when Odell opens his mouth that much, but to me what he said was, "Listen, I think that we should have opened it up more. And he wasn't saying, get me the ball. He was saying, we should have gone downfield more. Yeah, the Eagles were missing their entire starting secondary and some yeah. of their second teamers. And which is why was Eli crazy. Manning was such a nice pickup in fantasy, or at least you thought this week. And in the first you half. You thought the guy was going to throw the ball down the field. And in the first half, I mean, was. aside from Shaquan going, Saquon, whatever you want to say, going absolutely. Well, Saquon is his name, but you like calling him Shaquan. Shaquan going absolutely nuts in the first half. I mean, he he was trying to get the ball out there. He he was making well, some he really hit, good he throws. Hit, he hit Beckham on a deep uh, go route down the left sideline um, to set up a field goal. He or actually a touchdown drive. He hits Shepard a couple times. He hit Rhett Ellison, who was playing because Evan Ingram hurt his hamstring prior to the game and didn't get on the Ingram's field. Tough man. Yeah, it's just tough, tough loss. Yeah. Because that would have he would have been a night a matchup nightmare for yeah. this for this de- decimated Eagle secondary and, and linebacking core. But honestly, I, I I I agree with Odell. Why were when you have a guy who you're paying guaranteed money to and can take the top off a of defense and do basically anything you want, you're not getting him the ball. Yeah. And then I mean Eli threw just a horrible interception to end the first half oh, that, that killed momentum. Listen, to that looked like he was forcing it to Beckham because Barkley was wide open about ten yards deep, and with his athleticism and the way he was playing in the first half, that might be a touchdown. At mm-hmm. worst, you get a field goal and go up twenty-two ten. Instead, you go up with a nine-point lead, and you could feel momentum kind of shift, especially with the Eagles getting the ball to start the second half. But Pat Shermer, this game is on you, man. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if you're trying to preserve him. That makes no sense. You just shouldn't have played him that much anyway. The guy was healthy, had no ailment, had no issues. You take you you had easy easy pickings to put up 35, 40 points on that Eagle defense, and you just took the foot off the gas. And you know the Giants' defense couldn't tackle anybody, but we saw that you know in that Tampa Bay game, they're they're really bad. Yeah, but you're outscoring them by. But so you much should in have been outscoring half, them, yeah. and they and they made it look really easy. And and I think it's a disheartening loss, obviously, because they were still alive in the in the thick of things. And if they win that game, you know now they're four and seven. Now you're three and eight, and your season's you're over. You're just chasing the Cowboys but, if you're four and seven, and right. that's it. And, and now then, you're you know, done. especially because this week it looks like Trubisky might not play against them. So that you know, if you could beat Chase Daniel at home, you're now five and seven in this division when the Cowboys are playing the Saints tomorrow night. Like anything could have happened, and you just lost that game. Tough. So it hurts in the short term, but it also hurts in the long term. I don't have any trust in Shermer right now. If you have two of the most explosive weapons and you can't use them against a defense that's not playing anybody, 
and has been getting just on a weekly basis dismantled by opposing offenses, I really got to question what you're doing schematically and what you're carving up. I mean, you, you, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And as I'm watching, yep. it was like watching a slow – it was like watching a car crash. It was like you're just seeing it go and Barkley's on the sideline and Beckham's nowhere on the screen and Manning is forcing things, and then the defense goes back on the field, and they can't make tackles, and Ertz has another 15-yard gain, and another 15-yard gain, and the same problems reoccurring from the first half of the season bear their ugly head again in the second half, and and again, it's it's just a really bad loss because it's a game you could have won, should have won again, and I don't have trust in this coach. Yeah, I, I, I'm in complete agreement with you there. You don't really know what's going on. To the Giants' credit up until this point, I will give them a little credit. I have seen Wayne Gallman a lot more than I'd like to, but I think they did a really good job getting him in there when Saquon got he's tired. A great, yeah, he's a great spell back. But, and I think even to detriment a little Not bit, great, I, th- but good. I, think, I think that he was in there a little too often, even before this game. Do you even have an explanation for this second half? I don't. I don't. Do you know, that, that's was there what any I'm, that's, rumblings? That, or? No. I mean, that was the He's thing. not hurt, supposedly. He wasn't hurt at all. And, and and again, you know, it's not just... I mean, Barkley gets more attention just because of what he did in the first half. But I, I felt the same with Beckham. I, I don't know why he wasn't... Beckham said, you know, I was throwing the ball deep was not a part of the game plan. And he yeah. didn't specify himself. He wasn't making it about him. Now, he did get grossly held and penalized in the end zone on a no call that was tough that would have put the Giants at the one yard line and the game is probably different you pound Saquon in there if he got a freaking carry and you score there so at least you kick a field goal so you feel much better about that that's not the reason they lost it obviously didn't help but the reason they lost was because they just stopped trying to win it looked like to me and again for the conspiracy theorists that think they're just trying to keep Barkley out, just don't play him that much in the game. And if they, if it was, I would buy more into that if they were getting their asses handed to them. But yeah. it, they were winning the game, and, and that's a game that you should have won. The season's not over. Now it is, but they it wasn't were, then. If they were one and whatever, fine, fair enough. Maybe they were, you know. They, yeah, or they, even if they had the same record, but they were nowhere. If the Eagles were what they were last year, yeah, it doesn't matter. No, when you're in, when you're probably fighting for second place right there with the Washington Redskins losing um, their starting quarterback and and um, what's his face, their their new starting quarterback, Colt, Colt McCoy, McCoy, yeah, is not really put giving up the same magic that I was hoping for last week. Uh I Dallas don't understand the why. Saints this week. Yeah, you know that you would have just ended. It's the It's a division season. that could be had. It would. It would take. It would almost be a miracle if the Giants made the playoffs. It would have, but again, if they but fell short, a that's fine. Now they're done. And they're remember how you done. you talked about your Jets. It's not about them losing. It's about how they're losing. Yep. And at this point with the Giants, it was not about losing. It's how you're losing. Well, this was a really, really bad way to lose. Oh, this was. This was inexplicable. And, and I it had, was terrible. I this would, was their worst loss of the season, if you ask me. This and the Carolina game were the two worst. Well, Carolina, you lose on a last-second field goal. It was a terribly managed game through and through. I just think this one, they're at, for, at the very least, you can say you I lost. I think probably because at that point they were they were one in three. So. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, based off for me not being a fan, that's the biggest backbreaking loss because. There's no explanation. That's At the, the yeah. very least, with the Carolina game, you can say, all right, Graham Gano banged a, what, a 61-yarder or something yeah. like that? Yep. I keep getting it even too low. 64-yarder. 
at least then you can hang your head and say, well, I mean, come on, he had an almost inevitable kick or, or impossible, impossible kick. kick. Excuse yeah. me. Um, but this one, it's just they gave, they lost that game. No, the yeah. Panthers won the other game with Graham Gano. The Giants lost this game. The they Giants gave it lost away. this game. Yeah, it, it was a tough. It was the toughest game, and in my opinion. Right before we went on the air, you know, I turned on Bleacher Report, and there was a report that said the Giants are absolutely very open to Eli Manning being the start, starting quarterback next year. So again, that says that they're either going to draft a kid this year and have I'm Eli fine start, with that, or and he's you your stopgap. I am. I like I said. You know, again, he is your stopgap. Don't it's, pay money on another. That game wasn't Eli's fault. No, that pick was terrible. Yeah. But, you know, you watch any Steelers game, you watch really any Giant game ever. I mean, again, I think that hurt momentum because you would have at least gotten three more points. Making but the best, not being the, the guest game manager and oh, and never and protecting the ball is not Eli's thing. It's never been his thing. No, not at all. And, and that's why I say it's not Eli's fault. He throws those picks. But, again, if you open up the offensive playbook, if Saquon Barkley didn't play four snaps and they actually tried to throw the ball to Shepard, throw the ball to Odell, and actually play Barkley, I think the Giants probably win that game by a touchdown. I mean, they should have They should have definitely won by a touchdown. So, so. Eli was kind of handcuffed. There was nothing he could do. I don't understand because it's not like they, they pulled in the reins and said, all right, let's just try and run the clock out with, with Saquon. Like, what did they do? I Dude, don't even understand. Every single – it was like as soon as the second half started – it was like they just threw up the white flag and said, you know what? If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. And again, you know what? If this was a team like a Jets with a Bulls who you know is out or last year when the writing was on the wall that McAdoo was gone or even, you know, go back to Coughlin's last days. Okay, I'll even maybe buy that because you know the coach isn't coming back. Maybe you're getting an ownership, you know, decision. Hey, like maybe we need to lose this game. We want to position ourselves for the better pick. But here, you know, you want to see, I don't want to see another year and a half coach. You know, Shermer should be the coach of the Giants for at least the five years. Yeah. And, so prove and then to why me that you, you know how to close a, games. And that's he full, hasn't been able to close games. And that's a full game game plan. That's not a second half game plan where they look like two different teams. Listen, so that it, argument doesn't even no. constitute. So it, there's no explanation. And me and you sitting here for a whole hour trying to, Figure out what the hell the Giants did. I don't even think the players don't even know what the Giants did. It was really bad. So, it was really bad. So that, I would be worried if I were you. To yeah, be quite honest. Oh no, I, I am because you know they we saw we saw it in the Atlanta Monday night game. We saw it in the Carolina game that set up for that field goal. You know they in the games that they just get blitzed. It's because their offensive line was giving up you know ten sacks a day. Yeah, and the talent level just wasn't the talent there. level wasn't there. But in games like this, you know what? As a coach, you want to see that's that, on him. Yeah, you want to see that you can close games. And as of right now, they don't know how to. But that's enough of my rambling about the Giants. Their season is now officially done. Will I still watch them? Of course, but. I, I, I don't know I don't know what I'm looking for you know I, I don't know what I'm looking for now Losses. because any pipe yeah any pipe dream and now here's where you can maybe sit Saquon yeah, because now it doesn't where, matter this is when well now they're not going to well that's again like it's it's crazy like congratulations congratulations on your wonderful running back Saquon you know I love you but he's he's already a year down and you're worried about his touches a year into a team that's going to win four games shows you how much the running back means in the NFL today yes. but going over into the Thanksgiving day game so when we left off last week uh, talking to the NFL we were just about to kick off the three day three game slate 
And the first game was the Chicago Bears led by the man, the myth, the legend, Chase Daniel, over the Detroit Lions as Stafford again. Boy, does he do things to shoot you in the foot. Um, Yeah, that game was tough because I was looking at the Lions to cover that game. They actually, did they push? 23 no, they did not. Of course they did. Of course didn't. not. Um, Stafford threw a pick in the end zone to, uh, in the red zone, not only the end zone, but the red zone Terrible. to lose that game. That was tough. And honestly, people are saying, oh, worst case scenario, Sam Darnold is um, is Matthew Stafford. I need better than that because Matthew Stafford's been terrible. He puts up a lot of garbage times number, garbage time numbers. Honestly, he's a more consistent version of Blake Bortles is what he is. Yeah. Actually, that's a good comp. Has he ever won a playoff game before? No. No. So I I really, I don't want to hear that anymore because Matthew Stafford does a ton of things to shoot you in the foot. The throws he makes, the decisions he makes are always questionable. And honestly, I mean, I understand you lost Marvin Jones for the season. Carryon Johnson didn't play in this game. Golden Tate got traded. Golden Tate didn't. I mean, you still got weapons. You still got Theo Riddick and you still have Kenny Galladay. So you should be able to beat a Chase Chase Daniels led team. I don't no. care how good their defense is. He's Listen, the quarterback. This Come on. is this is now what Matt Stafford is, and we don't have to argue that anymore. Listen, he's going to have the games where he can win you a game just simply off of his arm. You know who he reminds me to me? He's a more he's a more aggressive and a more intense Jay Cutler. There you go. That's another good comp. He seems like he actually cares, unlike Jay Cutler. Yeah. But I, I, it's seldom that you see a guy with that arm strength, that raw talent, just continually make bad decisions yeah. at bad times. Absolutely. That's even that's a better comp to Blake because Blake doesn't have that kind of arm strength. But I mean, and for the Bears, great defense. Prince of Mukamara, former Giant, great, is having yep. a resurgent season. I'm happy for him. I'm getting all the names right today. I'm killing it. Um, but I mean, you did I your f- homework today, buddy? Forgot Colt McCoy's name for a second there. But yeah, so did so did have a lot of people. Um, but I mean, the Bears are just if if you can put up twenty what twenty three points. I forgot you're Colt win. McCoy was in the NFL until Been I saw him Redskins come in. for five years. Yeah, so he's making good money as a backup. Um, Best job in sports. Yeah, right. But back to back to this game. For the Bears, honestly, if you can score 23 points a game, you're probably going to, I don't want to say a Super Bowl, but you're getting damn near close. Listen, in an era and a current league where offense dominates, we're seeing a throwback. And what I think would be so fun would be an NFC championship game of the elite offense of either the L.A. Rams or uh, the New, New Orleans, Orleans Saints, Saints against a classic hard-nosed, you know, punch-in-the-mouth Chicago Bear defense because that's kind of throwing old school against new school NFL. To be honest with you, I think, I think the Rams or the or the Saints win by 20. Well, probably, but I think it would still be, you know, the build-up into that game just based off of how fun, Chicago yeah. wins. Remember, Chicago does, you know, not with Chase Daniel, but they score enough points with Trubisky. Oh, yeah, they have a really good offense. They have a ton of weapons. I can go up and down their roster. I don't you have, have to. a couple but, times, yeah. and you're, you're right. I mean, they're, they're a very good offense. Um, and and their head Matt coach Nagy is, is a really yeah. good head coach. That's the head so, coach, Nagy, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Listen, I wasn't going to throw you under the bus. The, no. we, I had my fun last week at your expense. And knowing you with names, I'll probably be able to do it again. But, exactly. <laughs> but, no, I, I think that 
you know, they're a team that you look at, and this was the perfect formula. Don't let Chase Daniel, you know, have the opportunity to lose you this game. Win it off your defense. Win it with some, you know, clutch third downs. You know, you, he had he was operating under a lot of third and shorts. Easy conversions. Let the guys get out in space. And they did. And this was a game that they were able to pencil off their schedule and say, you know what? Not sure how this went, but a win is a win, and it, it they've got control of this Northern Division. Um, the next Thanksgiving game, begrudgingly, will you da- your damn Cowboys? Uh, they looked good, and you know what? They beat and Colt they McCoy, covered. and they covered. They beat Colt McCoy. The game wasn't really ever in doubt. Is this the best team in the division? Who cares about this past game? Oh, man. I think they are, unfortunately. <laughs> it's so weird. You know, like, in classic Cowboy fashion, I just see them, you know, crashing and burning at some point. But Ooh. remember... Ooh, don't get me too excited. Three, three weeks ago, they got dismantled by the Titans on Monday night. Garrett was ready to lose his job. Dak, you know, people were questioning him. They go out, win a game against the Eagles on the road on a Sunday night, which people didn't see coming. Then they go and beat a lifeless Atlanta team on the road on a last-second field goal. And now, you know, they handle a compromised division rival on Thanksgiving Day at home. So, I it, no credit given there in I, any of that, huh? They've played well. I mean, Dak's not turning the ball over. It, it, it Amari's seems playing out Amari of his mind. Amari is justifying for now the first round pick that they traded, and also I gotta give I gotta give Garrett some credit. I mean I don't know what took him so long, but I have to give him credit. They're He's actually given the, the ball to Ezekiel Elliott, who is a playmaker. Put the ball in his hands. See Pat Shermer, you can do that. So I really like what the Cowboys did. Obviously, I don't like to see them win. But if you are a Cowboy fan, like Will, then you gotta be very happy with what you're seeing because the question you just posed to me, they are right now, as of today, yeah. the 28th of November, the best team in the NFC East. I think they're the best team in the division. Period. I mean, the Giants are done, so there's that. Uh, the Redskins are done, and the Eagles are floundering so yeah the Eagles I mean winning that game against the Giants a win is a win and you got definitely take it but there was nothing about that game that was inspiring from them at least the Cowboys have won with some conviction I will put it to you this way if the Giants beat the New Orleans Saints are they on the road or are they at home I sorry if the the Cowboys Cowboys, the Cowboys are Cowboys at at home home, who are uh, plus seven against the New Orleans Saints if they win that game Will will immediately call me when that clock hits zero and say the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I'm sure he will, and so will every single and Cowboy. I'll, I'm going to record it and put it on here. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, we. I feel like this has just been the running joke forever because you know they they do they hype you up, they they get you excited, and you're ready to go. And then you know, like I said, as as a very strong Cowboy hater. I expect them to resort back to the norm that has been the case under Jason Garrett and really the whole, you know, under Jerry Jones for the last 20 years. You expect them to blow it when they need to, when they absolutely can't. Yeah. You know, what was that few straight years? Three straight years losing to each NFC East team on the, or, uh, on the road in a week 17 for the division title. That's what they do. I know those were Romo's teams, but Prescott's not been absolved of it, and 
we'll see. I expect the Saints to win. But, you know, the Cowboys might win this division by default, and we can see them choke it in the playoffs. Absolutely. So, see Green Bay Packers, of... NFC Divisional Round 2017. <laughs> Jeez, relax, Sean, all right? Relax. Uh, but let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. I have so little to root for it's in true. this football season. Let me have this. So, they beat up on the Atlanta Falcons 31-17. to you had a little tryptophan in your system at this point, a lot of turkey. Were you falling asleep during this game? There wasn't too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, by the second Same. half. Because you know what? It, even though the game wasn't, you know, a, by the score a blowout, this was just one of those games. It's like, I know how this story is ending. I don't need to stay up for oh, the yeah. rest of it. Had work and, the and next day. I was good. Drew Brees, Drew Brees playing like an MVP. He is the MVP right now. Absolutely. Do you disagree? No, not yeah, at all. He's the MVP. And, and again, we'll go back to this. Sean and I picked NFC and AFC MVPs, although there is only one award, but we figured we'd just do it something like MLB. So. Yeah, Sean's not doing well. I just refer to myself in the third person. Right? Yeah. I'm not doing well. Well, uh, you had Deshaun Watson and Kirk Cousins. I mean, Deshaun Watson's won eight in a Kirk row. Kirk Cousins was your overall MVP, right? I don't know if we did overall MVPs. I think well, I just definitely said NFC. Yeah, but, but still, yeah, we'll pick I, I one. Definitely, I'm obviously I, taking yeah, Drew Brees. And I had them winning the NFC, so... They did beat the the Packers, which we'll get into. They'll sneak but, into a wild card, but let's yeah, we'll we'll move on from that. Yeah, um, no, but Breeze is the MVP. There's no doubt about this. And your Saints, your team, your pick. Who after Week One, I was mocking you for losing to Ryan Fitzpatrick's Buccaneers. Well, they've shut me up pretty well, and they've made you look like a very smart man. They are clicking on all cylinders. The only question will be Sean Warren. This is like the huge. No, it's not. This is the huge. It's not. Let's it run back the is. tapes with a bunch of different things. We've both had our uh, our our mess ups for sure, you but are we've so also salty today. Um, <laughs> but why, fine. why don't we move on to the next game? Because there's not much to say. I think we can pretty much put the Falcons the one thing stick I a fork in them. They're quick, done. Quick question for you: Is Quinn out? Quinn? Oh, oh, the head coach. Um, he is the head coach of the Falcons. <laughs> no, I, I think you're too too. F- Closely removed, not too far removed, too closely removed from, from that a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl collapse. Collapse, but that, I, I, think I don't know. Done. Is Kyle Shanahan more to blame for that? It doesn't matter. I think he's done. Okay, I mean, because uh, you know what? Based off of that loss and the way they lost, and then you follow that up with last year when you lose in the divisional round, and they were kind of sleepwalking through the whole season, and now this year you're not even fighting for a playoff bid in an NFC that's pretty wide open. I think that if they just continue to to kind of look lifeless, I, I think they I think they move on. Okay, well we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that one, especially they have um the NFL calls it Black Monday coming up. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to see what coaches get fired on that day. I think the no Jets are the, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the Jets are to the end of the season, but we'll see. All right, so let's move on to some AFC wins. Bills beat the Jaguars twenty four to twenty one. Um. I think personally the Bills were um sorry the Jaguars were going to win this game if Leonard Fournette didn't make a boneheaded mistake and start fighting someone. Yeah, I mean they were rolling and he was this rolling team, specifically. This team is a grease fire. They're they're I mean they have just completely combusted to the point now where 
we're going to see the Cody Kessler show because Blake Bortles is going to be benched for the f- this coming week against the Colts. Oh, Cody Kessler, who led a team to an 0-16 record? I wonder how that'll go. That's the one. Well, apparently they think it's going to be better than Blake Bortles, which is really saying something, um, how how you can fall back, you know, after after inspiring a little bit of hope last year. It goes to show, you know, how dicey the quarterback position can be. They have him signed to a lot of guaranteed money as well. So. Uh, it's really going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. Your man. boy Tom Cole. Coughlin made some boneheaded decisions. Like I said, you know, especially for a franchise that is starved for for you know notoriety and, and playoff success to get to the AFC Championship game in a game that they were very, very much in, and Bortles, you know, certainly helped them win that Pittsburgh game. It, it was just, you know, you kind of were caught between a rock and a hard place. You you got to do something, and maybe they thought that he could do better. Obviously, they they did, but. He has just been horrible. For this game, my boy, Jalen Ramsey, I say that facetiously, you know I am not a fan, decided he was going to talk trash. You can do that one with him. I'll sit that one out. Um, He was talking trash, literally calling everybody on the Bills offense trash, and then giving up a couple touchdowns single-handedly in his face. Josh Allen actually played a really good game. These are both two just god-awful teams. This was a red zone for me because I had no interest in really paying any attention to the score. Obviously, Fournette, but I am I am amazed with just how bad the Jaguars are. Yeah, uh, they've they've regressed just a little bit, just a little bit, and um, somebody had them making the playoffs and somebody didn't. Again, you know, I'm I'm very bright, but I have my mess ups. Yeah, well, <laughs> I had them out of the playoffs. I didn't have them being this bad, but I was just gonna say, did you geez. predict that they were a three win team? At the, no, by they, week thirteen, they were pretty. I thought they were gonna miss the playoffs, but I didn't think they'd be this bad. Um, and yeah, Ramsey, it's tough. I mean, you really got to be a special player to talk that much shit. Yeah, and he's not. He's a great player. Yeah, he's not this year. Not this year, but corners go up and down, so. He'll He's be a back. slot corner. He doesn't even play man on most of the guys True. that he talks shit to. thing probably hurts him. <laughs> he and talks fact, shit to everybody that he doesn't have to cover. And he's the fact leaving, that he he's probably, throwing a bone to everybody else. The fact that he probably isn't even the best corner on his own team when AJ Boye is healthy is is yeah. Tough. And Boye is probably like, dude, can you shut the fuck up for two seconds? Because yeah. now this guy's trying to burn me off of what you're saying. The other thing too is, I think one thing to look for. I know they owe him a, a truckload of money for the next few years, but I do think that if they have any kind of desire to move in the right direction, Bortles has to go. Yeah, he'll because, be the Giants you know quarterback. Oh, dude, I swear to God, <laughs> I'm, I'm walking out. This is the last. That's going to be the podcast leading up to that will be the last one that I ever do. Um, All right, I'll have to find a new co-host. You, you will because I'll be I'll I'll have finally ended it because that is oh. really that would be the worst. Um, well, I'd like to hope that I could do your eulogy. Maybe. All right. All right. You're in the running. Um, <laughs> Thank but you. no, it's we just got very dark here. I'm sorry, sports. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. It's I can't help it sometimes. Um, but no, I you're gonna have to get Bortles out of there for just for the sake of the locker room because there's everybody in that locker room, offense and defense, knows that he can't play. And I even if he's holding a clipboard, 
or it has to go into a game because somebody gets hurt, whoever you sign or trade for. Yeah. There he is not inspiring any hope on that team. Yeah, and Ramsey's, especially because he got paid and some of these other guys didn't and they're saying yeah. that's my freaking money. Ramsey's well, you're going to him calling Josh Allen trash. I mean he should look in his own well, locker I think, room. But well, I think he, has, he knows that. he has even said it like he not like straight up, but he's basically made comments like yeah, well, you know what we we know what we're what's stacked up against us on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, so. so. But that's enough on the game that I can't believe I talked that much about a game that was between the Bills and the Jaguars. But whatever, that's how good of talk show hosts we are. Um, going on next, Lamar Jackson is now two and zero for the Baltimore Ravens that look alive again in the AFC playoff picture. Tom, what did you take away from this game, and where are you looking at the Ravens right now? I'm really happy with Harbaugh. Hopefully he's the future Jets head coach because he's done a great job game planning for Lamar Jackson on short notice with that Joe Flacco injury. Um, and and this was just, I mean, their defense, the Ravens' defense is the Ravens' defense. I think Terrell Suggs either had a pick six or a scoop and a score this the week. The ageless. The ageless Terrell Suggs. And, I mean, you beat the Raiders and you have the Falcons next week, so... Uh, hopefully they can get these wins, but you beat the Raiders. Do yeah. we have to talk about the Raiders? We Doug don't. Martin had a nice game. There I don't want to talk about the Raiders even a little bit. Um, so but I do I, listen. If Lamar Jackson <coughs> inspires some hope on that team, I mean he he set already a record for uh, rushing yards by a quarterback in his first two starts, surpassing Michael Vick. That's pretty amazing. And listen, you don't need them to do anything extraordinary. You just got it. one thing. It looks like they are game planning, and you mentioned that with Harbaugh. They're game planning to make sure he doesn't turn the ball over. They're running a pretty safe offense and letting him do his work. I don't know how sustainable that is or how long it'll hold up, but I'll tell you one thing. It was a really another nice win, and they're kind of coming back from the dead. That last spot, those last two spots, you know, in the AFC picture, the wild cards. They're they're up for grabs, and yeah. if they can go on a little bit of a run here, they're definitely in they're in contention. I don't see why why they can't make it. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that they'll continue to game plan for uh, to make a good game plan for for uh, Lamar Jackson out there. Harbaugh will. So I mean, listen, I have a lot of confidence in him as a head coach, and he seems re um, invigorated or whatever you want to say. By, by having a new guy to create a game floor, a game plan for, I guess Joe Flacco just beat him down at some point. You know, yeah, you, I you think the inter- Lamar Jackson is going to start again this week. Um, so I, I they did say that it, Flacco's still out. So um, you know, I, I, there's there's that. But if Flacco comes back and he says he's healthy, that's going to be a very interesting conundrum for John yeah, Harbaugh. And, and if he thinks that he's out. You know, he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. He could openly say, Lamar Jackson gives us a better chance to win because he knows he's probably out of there anyway. He, even if he, they make the playoffs, it seems like that, that relationship has run its course. Yep. Um, so he can kind of just go, you know, guns a-blazing and say, this is I'm going with the guy that's going to make me look the best, and if we win, we win, and we lose, we lose. But he's not going to be tied to Flacco much longer, you know, not past another five weeks or so. Absolutely. So let's move on to the next game. And the Browns got their first win on the road in a really long time. 2015. Wow. Against Hugh Jackson and the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. That's a tough, tough loss. Andy Dalton's out for the year, I believe. So, yeah. I mean, this team's in a free fall because we were saying they were one of the favorites to win that division when the Steelers Should've were on their better. slide. Yeah, I should have known the Bengals were going to do what they do. And I'm, just a, I'm a victim of it, too. 
Yeah, when no, they we win, when they win, they look so good, and I think that's the worst part. I know, and AJ Green's gonna play this week, and who knows what their backup can do? Maybe he can get hot, but I mean, first of all, I don't understand how Hugh Jackson got hired. Second of all, I don't understand how he's an offensive guy and he's a defensive assistant. And now they're talking about interviewing for the head coach job. Is this real fucking life? Is this a movie? Is this a comedy? Did Will Farrell write this script? I'm enjoying it, but if you ask the citizens of Cincinnati, they think this is a horror movie. Because you know what? <laughs> this can only happen with dysfunctional, poorly run franchises. And if you looked up mediocre in the dictionary, there would just it would just say Cincinnati Bengals. I'm glad Baker didn't want to give him a hug. I would I would be like, I don't want to be associated with this fucking clown. Yeah, I mean I definitely think that I think it's twofold. One, I, I didn't mind it at first, but I think him just continuing to double down, listen. He was he was fired. It's not like he left and then went to the Bengals. Listen, if you get canned from a job and another job opens up and they offer you a position, I think you're probably going to take it. Yeah, no, These that's guys fair. bleed for Sundays, and he wants to be back on the sidelines, and it definitely wasn't a good look. And at first, you know, Mayfield, because he's competitive and he's got some moxie and some swagger, I kind of liked it. You know, don't embrace me for a hug. I don't really want to hear it. But also, it's like, you know what, man? Don't be a dick. Like, it, it, Hugh well, Jackson. You don't know, but we also don't know how he, he was treated behind, you know, behind well, the closed doors. I think, he's a, I think he was, whatnot, a, I think, so. he, right. But again, you know, like his whole thing was, you know, you ask us to go to war for you on Sundays and then you go down to a team that we play twice a year. Again, it's not like he voluntarily jumped the Browns and went to the division rival. He was fired. He was fired. And he can go wherever he wants. And listen, if you're really worried that much about Hugh Jackson's influence, then you gotta you gotta think bigger, Baker, because that's not he's not gonna be the reason. I promise you, Hugh Jackson will not be the reason you win or lose against the Bengals. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's got some defensive insights. He is a defensive assistant, but All right, again, the Browns <laughs> the Browns look resurgent. Maybe they Nick look... Saban will hire him as an analyst. I hope to God <laughs> not, for your sake. Maybe he could bring him down from the inside. Maybe he could be the guy that um Saban, that save that finally brings down Saban and digs up some dirt on him. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, let's hope so. One can only pray. Only you. Um. All right. So let's move on to the next game. You have the Chargers beating up on the Cardinals, and Phil Rivers had first twenty four passes completed, and that was a uh, streak continuing over from the last game as well. And he went twenty eight for twenty nine in this game. This game wasn't close. Melvin Gordon got hurt. Why he was still in there at the end of the game, I don't understand. Anthony Lynn. Terrible coach. And you're right. He's going to be the reason. Him and and no kicker is going to be the reason that they don't win because they have so much talent and they are just as much of a threat as the Steelers and Patriots, in my opinion. Yeah, no. And I don't think, exactly, I don't think that they're going to make it probably past the first round because of a guy like Anthony Lynn. It's probably going to come down to clock management and a field goal, so... I mean, but listen, <laughs> two big things they do not do well. Exactly. Big time win. You beat the Cardinals. Good for you. Maybe you'll get a trophy for it. But again, good game for the Chargers. That's a big time win. Great game for the Chargers. They kicked some ass. And I got this game wrong. I thought 12 and a half was a little much, especially because yeah. the Cardinals actually went to Arrowhead, played a pretty good game against the Chiefs. And Joey and Bosa been- has changed this defense. Yeah. And they've been in, they've been, you know, in some games and Rosen's looked decent. But not on Sunday. That was an ass whooping from the very beginning. And, you know, Rivers is such an interesting guy, man, because if you stack up just ability and and consistency between the 2004 first round quarterbacks, Eli, 
Roethlisberger and Rivers. Rivers is easily the most consistent, easily the guy that you feel best about. But for some reason, the guy just has not got it done when it's mattered. And and it hasn't just been, you know, it, it, it has been his fault a couple times. Yeah. Definitely not the 07 AFC Championship game. Remember, he was playing on a torn ACL yeah. and you were playing the undefeated Patriots. But, you know, I think back to that year, uh, the first Jet year when they lost to the Colts in the AFC Championship game. They went out to San Diego at the time when the Chargers were 14-2 and and Rivers laid an egg. Rivers had a really bad performance against the Patriots, also at home coming off a really strong year. He's struggled in big games, but when you just watch him throw the football and dissect defenses, especially ones that aren't that good, I think he, you know, I think he's probably the most consistent one out of the three. Yeah. Well, Ben is at his ups and downs where, you know, I want He's also had the most consistent talent. Yeah, no, I think Rivers. You think Rivers has? No, Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger definitely has, but he's had his ups and downs where one week he's going to retire and then the next week he's going to play for five years. Yeah, and in between that, he's going to throw seven picks. Yeah, and we've talked Eli to death. I mean, Eli is not Eli is not consistent at all. Whatsoever. No, and he never has been. No. But again, it's it's so funny. Like you think about it, and and the, when those when the history of all three of those quarterbacks are written, Rivers is going to be the one left out probably of Canton because no matter how good he is, he looks a lot like a Dan Fouts. You know, he's going to put up a lot of numbers. I hope not. I, I hope he makes it. Yeah, he, he might, but you know, it's definitely not obvious like Eli and Roethlisberger who each have two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. So it's, but you know, just from him throwing the ball, I think he's probably the best of the three. Um, but that was an ass whooping. Chargers look great. Going down to the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts win on a last second field goal by Adam Vinatieri, who, you know, just continues to get it done. They beat the Miami Dolphins in kind of an ugly game, but we know, you know, Frank Reich has found a way to win these games, and they're another team, much like the Ravens, who are still very much alive in this AFC playoff picture. Yeah, absolutely, and I believe the name of the head coach on the Dolphins is Adam Gase, right? Nailed it. Ah, thank you. Are we sure he's a good head coach? No. And I know he gets a lot of kudos all the time and well, all he was, stuff. Well, he was discharged by the Bears. The Bears didn't think he was. I don't think he's a very good head coach either because if you watch some of this game, and I did, it was a terribly managed game by him. Andrew Luck threw back-to-back picks to the same guy, Xavier Howard, on literally it was an Andrew Luck pick by Xavier Howard. Then I believe it was a fumble, and then he threw another one, and they couldn't take advantage of it and get points. So uh, it was just it was a terribly managed game, and obviously the Dolphins don't have you know the world's greatest talent. But I, I think that this guy's another coach that's going to be on the hot seat. Yeah, I mean, he, he runs— We don't talk much about the Dolphins, deservedly so in their in their case, but I, I just don't think that he's going to be there very long. Well, Gase was—you know, he, he runs this weird kind of offense, and he runs an archaic style, too. Like, two third and tens— and I know Tannehill's not the best quarterback in the world, and I, I wouldn't really trust him that much either, but he's efficient at least and can and can complete on a lot of intermediary passes. And they have some skilled positions, uh, you know, skilled guys at wide receiver. But third and ten, you're just running a draw every single time. And in this era of the NFL, you're not trusting your quarterback yeah. to make throws. You're just like going to run like the ball. On, yeah, but there. that's the thing. Like, yeah. I, 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 I wonder, you know, he came aboard – you know, he got the job in Chicago because he was supposedly this great offensive mind. It didn't work there. They moved on from him and went to Nagy. The The Dolphins obviously thought that he could help Tannehill, who's been pretty average at best when he's healthy, which isn't often, and it hasn't worked down there either. 
So uh, even when they had a Jarvis Landry. So I, I don't really know what's going on. The Colts sneak by with a win, and to me, they're they're right there with the Ravens for, for the wild card spot, right? Absolutely, yeah. And Andrew Lux looks, I mean, we said it two weeks in a row, he looks resurgent, he looks back, he looks great. Le'Veon Bell tweeted out that he might want to play with him next year. That would be really interesting. I'd like to see Le'Veon on the Jets. I'm starting to talk myself into that. No, you already have talked yourself into it. You were starting a couple weeks ago. Now you're sold. You want to see him suit up in the the green and white. Yeah, absolutely, because I don't think you're going to have to pay that much for him. If you were paying— Even if you do, you have plenty of cap space. You don't have to worry about it. Absolutely, as long as it's not a long-time deal. That's fine by me. Uh, Moving on to the next game, the Broncos beat the Steelers— at home, 24-17. to I just think the Broncos took real, a lot of care of the football, and sometimes the Steelers feed off turnovers um, in order to score, and I just think that Big Ben's was due for a stinker. Well, he had a stinker in Jacksonville the week before. He Big got, Ben was due for a stinker on a loss. <laughs> he got, so he got yeah. lucky that he rumbled his way into the end zone in that Jaguar game where he threw five picks. And, and Roethlisberger, again, you know... It's amazing how much of a pass this guy gets, and I think it is because they find their their way into the playoffs so frequently. But this guy, and they're gonna do it again this and year. And they're gonna do it again this year. But this guy just can kill you. Talk about how bad that interception was at the end of the first half. I mean, of the they're Giants in the playoffs all the Eli. time. So is he really killing you? Well, I mean, you can make a pretty strong case that they've lost a lot of games because of his turnovers, and, and and you know this was another example of that. And I don't know where that last interception he threw was going to. Listen, I I don't hate Big Ben. I just I just think that the guy is so ill advised with his passing, and, and they and they creep up at really bad times. This being one of them. To the Denver side, though, they've looked a little resurgent. Um, and I think I guess if you want to throw them into the mix, they got to do a little more heavy Everybody's lifting. The but mix. they won. They won that last second field goal uh, game against the Chargers the week before, and now they take down the Steelers. Keenum's playing really solid football, which I kind of had been waiting for all year. I thought that was a good pickup for them, especially if they can feed off the defense, let him manage the game like he did in Minnesota, and not and not be too reckless. He seems to have a knack for driving the ball downfield late. He did it again. Obviously, he threw the Minnesota miracle last year, so he's capable of doing that. But listen, the Broncos aren't dead yet either. That last spot, but yeah, the Steelers. You know, now they're in a three-way tie for second seed with the Patriots and Chargers, and we'll see how they finish up. They're coming back home to play those Chargers this Sunday night, which should be a lot of fun. Um, tough game for the Steelers you know that's a that's never an easy place to play no matter how good or bad Denver is you don't like going out there yeah I mean it's always tough to play at mile high but that's a game the Steelers should definitely win Uh, 10 out of 10 times Um, but why don't we move on to the next game Uh, the last game we have from the AFC wins the Texans keep it rolling they're 8-3 after starting 0-3 we are on a eight game winning streak do you remember the last game they lost uh, the f- it was week three, obviously. You yeah. Said it. Um, was it New England they played? New York Giants. They lost to the Giants. Holy shit! They were oh, both zero and two, and they played Giants one in Houston, and the sky was falling. Since then, Deshaun Watson and the defense and the whole Texan team is they're eight and three now. Yeah. Well, if only the Giants could have kept it rolling too. Sorry about that. We're fine. Uh, let's. They won really. thirty-four to seventeen against the Titans on Monday night. I forgot about this game. It was irrelevant to me. I, I, I can't. I gotta be honest with you. I did not watch a down of this game after we lo- after we left here. Um, and then I looked up and I was like, "Oh yeah, there was a football game last night." Um, but 
Listen, I I, I caught the highlights. You're getting pure honesty here from the from us. Listen, yes, this you is are. the most honest podcast you're going to hear. I caught the highlights. Watson had a good game. Um, Lamar Miller had a big time run. Vrabel made some terrible calls. Uh, aside from that, I don't really know what else to say. I think the Titans are going in the wrong direction, and the Texans are still moving up. And you know what? I don't think that they were the greatest wins in the world, and I don't know who they've beat. I don't think they've really beat anybody special, but. Nothing to shake a stick at. Eight wins in a row in the NFL is eight wins in a row. Remember how I started this pod talking about how bad teams find ways to lose and you wonder about coaching? And Bill O'Brien's been on the hot seat now for a little bit. You know what the Houston Texans know how to do? They can close games. They know how to close games. Now, this game wasn't that close, but in this winning streak... They've won on a couple last-second field goals. They've preserved leads late with a good defensive stand. Watson's let them down the field. They've found many ways to win, and I think that's a credit. you got to give the head coach some credit. If you're going to bury him when you're 0-3, you got to give him credit when he's won eight in a row, and that's what Bill O'Brien's done. Yeah, well, he definitely saved his job, especially now that their ownership is um, up in the air after the owner passed away. So yeah, Bob McNair passed away, yeah. He's definitely saved his job uh, for now. For now. I, I think that he's definitely definitely safe through Could still through end up 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I don't think so But, either, you know, but. on the other side of the coin, you said the Titans seem to be trending in the wrong direction, and you're, you're right, and it's just, again, we're going to sound like broken records, but... It's this. It, it's amazing how quick. I mean, they just came off that Monday night win in Dallas, where they looked real good, and they beat, and the they Pats. beat up on the Pats. They didn't just beat the Pats; they killed them. Yeah. And then, you know, you have a game like this, and it's and it's pretty amazing. Like they just they're they're. I don't know what to think of Mariota. One week he looks like he's got it. One week he looks like he doesn't. Throw the injuries aside. He just looks like another one of these quarterbacks that you want to buy into because the talent is legitimate. But then you have a game like this, and I know yeah. he converted. Him and, him he and had James, a really good um, passer rating in this game, but they're him and Jameis look like second year quarterbacks. To be yeah. honest with you, but again, they're they, such they short show a passes. lot of flashes. They they show they show a lot of flashes, but they can't put it all together. And guess what? This this is your five for them. This isn't their second year, so they should be a lot better than this. They definitely the should. The fact be. that golf is better and and Mahomes and a few other guys, that's not good for them. Or Wentz, who was drafted after them as well. Um, so I mean, I mean, listen, the Titans got the Jets this week at home, so you, you got to imagine they're going to win that game. I so, so then you're going to you know figure out where the dust settles in this AFC South. The yeah. Colts have the Jaguars, who looks like they're self-destructing. Well, it doesn't look like they are self-destructing. Colts should win that game. And you see what Houston can do. And I, I don't know who they're playing off the top of my head. But it, it's crazy, man. Like, this is just going nuts. And, and every time you want to buy into one of these teams, they knock you down. And then as soon as you want to give up on a team, they, they kind of come back to life. Yeah, it's another tough division. It's a weird year. In yeah, the NFL, lots. you've got you've got a couple of you you know you've got obviously the Saints and Rams in the NFC. You while you also have the worst division in the NFC East. You got the Bears who were probably that second tier in the NFC with the Vikings hovering around, and then maybe Seattle and Carolina. I don't know. And then in the AFC, it's clear you've got the Chiefs who are the best. And then you've got the three-way tie with the Pats, who are going to win their division easily. You've got the Steelers, who've got their division wrapped up, and the Chargers, same thing. 
and then there's really nobody else. And it's just so odd, like how yep. top heavy this league is. Yeah, and speaking, Texans are eight and three, and I know I got to give them credit, but I just I can't. It's say, hard to, I can't yeah. put them in that same breath with the with the Chiefs. Well, it's eight and three, Patriots. but it's like you got to look deeper into that eight and three because you got to yeah. see who they beat. And, right, and I mean when the best they don't team, have one of those wins where you're like, wow, I remember that. Yeah, you know, I mean, all the other teams do. Their best win was against what Dallas. I mean, yeah, really. De- yeah, the the walk off in Denver. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is the best team that they've played, by, judging by record and playoff position. So that's a good point. I mean, that would be my best win, and that's not that impressive. But speaking of the Seahawks and the Carolina Panthers, the Russell Wilson took care of business, and Cam Newton didn't. I mean. I don't understand what Ron Rivera is really doing anymore as head coach. Um, and, and when you give Russell Wilson the ball back after not scoring any points, he's not going to let you have it again. And, and you saw that against with the Packers, and you saw that now with the Carolina Panthers. And I just don't understand. I don't understand some of the moves that they make. And Ron Rivera going for a deep field goal with Graham Gano. I understand that he hit the 64-yarder against the New York Giants, but again, you have probably a top-five running back it's in football. It's not a high-percentage field goal. No, yeah, and you have a top-five running back in football in Cam Newton. Literally. <laughs> I like that. You thought I, I was going to say McCaffrey. And, well, well, but the, especially with the too. day McCaffrey had. But if you want a guy that can just stick the ball in between the tackles, who better than Cam Newton to go and get that first down for you? So... Uh, I mean, honestly, you're talking about a guy who's coming off a Super Bowl recently where he lost. How much longer is Ron Rivera going to be Riverboat Ron, as they call him? How much longer is his tenure? Well, I think if they collapse this year, I I think that it's up for debate. New ownership group usually gives you a little bit more time. They want to figure things out within the, the organization before they go out hiring a new head coach. But, again, he hasn't been great. What, did they make the wild card last year? Yeah. I mean, Actually, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost to the Saints. Yep. Yeah, and you you gotta have this team has a lot of talent on both sides of the football. They're they're better than six and five. They are. They're a lot better. And remember, and the Seahawks aren't good enough to be. Pete Carroll deserves Coach of the Year votes because they shouldn't be this good. What after the players that they lost in season and over the past two years, they shouldn't be this good, and they are. Definitely starting with the. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and and it seems like once you get rid of some of your some of the bad blood on that team, you know, and you can recreate it the way you want to. You know, Carroll knows how to coach those guys up. It seems like they really love playing for him. But you know, starting with the Panthers, just real quick, and then definitely delve into the Seahawks side. Is I couldn't agree with you more about the Panthers. I, th- I think you hit the nail nail right on the head. Um, I I don't really agree with the fact that. You know, you're you're setting uh, the play calling that he sets up, and and the low percentage plays that they run. I don't agree with any yeah. of the decisions that he makes. And and you know what? I, He's I, taking these chances that don't make any sense. It's like if it makes sense if you want to go for it on fourth down when the when the numbers back it up, but or kick the field goal when the numbers back it up. But you're going against the numbers, right? Now, which yeah. Is like, no. It, it, yeah. Again, riverboat run and. The other, when I look at them, you know, I, I think it was four weeks ago, five weeks ago, we were talking, doing our NFL pod, and I was like, hey, I think we're over, I think we're kind of underestimating how good the Panthers are. They're playing really well. Then they went out to Pittsburgh on that Thursday night. They, got they were undefeated. They got, they got smacked. 
and then they were undefeated at home up until this game, but they lose that really bad game in Detroit. You know, we we t- we said our piece on Stafford. You can't lose that game. They went for oh, two no. yeah. for no reason, and then on the road where you never go for the win. I mean, listen, and there's now, a difference. And now you've got this game, and, and they're going to maybe play themselves out of a sure playoff spot. There's a difference between taking a calculated risk and just taking a dumb risk. And Agreed. it seems like Riverboat Ron Rivera just takes dumb risks sometimes. Yeah, I mean, if, if they lose, if, you know, if, if they had the record that they did, I think what was it, 6-2? and two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were 6-2 and because they lost five in a row, or three in a row, rather, to go to 6-5. and five. So... You know, if they fall out of the playoff picture and they they can't salvage it, I I think that it's very up for discussion if he's able to retain his job. Um, to the Seahawks side, yeah, uh, Pete Carroll's a really good coach. Definitely deserves some accolade for what he's done. Russell Wilson making a huge throw late um, to Lockett, I believe it was, who caught that pa- touchdown pass touchdown in the pass, end zone. Yeah. And that was one of those where I was like, no, don't throw it, don't throw it. Oh, good, good pass. Well, good pass. and that's the thing. Like, I, I really like watching Russell Wilson play because, of course, athletically he's fun to watch. But he, the guy just doesn't have. He has a. He's like, you know, what's that term when you talk about closers in baseball? The best closers have the shortest memory. Yeah. Well, you watch Russell Wilson, and it seems like you know if he gets a drop pass, if he if you know if he misses on a play, it's like he just quickly gets rid of it, goes to the next play, and executes and. I think that's what really makes him special. Uh, I, this team, I'm still not sure how good it is, but they're definitely up for a wild card spot. And remember, they were right there against the Rams twice. They played some really hard fought games that they've lost. Well, they now they're starting to play some hard fought games that they're winning. I think the Charger game that was a really tough loss for them too. So this was a great win on the road against a good Panther team, a really good Panther team, although they haven't been playing that way. And kudos to the to the Seahawks. I think they they might be making another mini run here to, to get a wild card berth. It'll definitely be interesting. We could also be talking about the Seahawks losing every game from here on out, but it, it'll definitely be interesting. That's 2018 NFL right now. Yeah, it's crazy. You don't want to put anything in stone, but I don't give a shit admitting I'm wrong when I am. So it is what it is. Um, but why don't we go ahead and move on to the next game? This one doesn't really have playoff implications or anything like that. But Jameis Winton, just like Will's prediction, showed out against the 49ers, 27-9. The Niners are decimated with talent. Another guy they lost was somebody you wanted to talk about, Reuben Foster. Yeah, do you want to save that for, do you want to save that for the end? No, nah, we'll just talk about it you now. You want to do it now? All right. He got picked up by a team as Washington, well. Washington, of course, the only team that would sign him. Maybe if the Cowboys did, I wouldn't be surprised. But Washington <laughs> doing it makes all the sense in the world. I'm going to say this. And and I know we don't get political. We've mentioned his name a few times, but I I I heard this story, and it just irked me. And and Tom, you know, you and I have been very vocal on our podcast. You know, when discussing the Urban Meyer situation, there's nothing more heinous, uh, pathetic, and just wrong than domestic violence. It's it's a pathetic character. It's it. There's no place for it anywhere, and it and it should make everybody sick. How this guy can do it again? Now, the first time, to be fair, to him, it, the woman who who had originally said it, she said she basically made it up for for money purposes. But he's had a very checkered past. When he was at Alabama, he was one of the very few guys that Saban couldn't ring in. He was suspended multiple times. 
got picked by the 49ers because of his pure talent. He's had trouble with the law in just his year and a half in the NFL. And now he's under siege again for for an for a pretty egregious domestic violence case. And the 49ers, rightfully so, dropped him. They didn't want anything to do with him. And in a couple of days, the Washington Redskins signed him. Now, they might say, listen, we know you're not playing the rest of the year. We're going to let the, you know, the case get figured out. We'll see what Goodell rules. And, you know, we're just going to take a chance on a guy with a lot of talent who can maybe contribute next year who we're paying nothing to. All well and good. Except it's not. Are you fucking kidding me that these assholes continue to get jobs right off the bat? It's like it's not even thought about. Now, the Redskins were the only team that put in a claim. Literally nobody else did. But he still has the job. Two days later. And I don't care where you lean. And I think you could probably tell where Tom and I stand politically. But even if you can't, you know, we we don't really like to get into it. How Colin Kaepernick who did a peaceful protest, doesn't even get an opportunity to back up, especially when Cody Kessler will be starting this week. Or even work out for that matter. Nick Mullins will be starting this week for the 49ers. This is where, you know, really? Really, this is where we are. The NFL continues to drop the ball. It only takes one owner. And, of course, it's Dan Snyder, who's known as being one of the worst, if not the worst. They're a racist name anyway that he refuses to change. And these guys continue to get opportunities while Colin Kaepernick has no, can't even smell a workout. It's disgraceful. It's pathetic. And as much as we love the NFL, I'm not just standing by idly and just saying, sure, you know what, the NFL, we love you so much because we tune in and pay for your services and what, and talk about you and bet on you and, and love your game. You're a very flawed organization. You have no morals. You have no ethics. The people who run these teams have no morals and, more, and no ethics, and it's just fucking pathetic. I'll leave it at that. All right, I, I completely stand behind everything Sean said. Um, I don't really have to say anything else aside from that. Although I will say, from a football perspective, the Niners have done a terrible job drafting over the past few years. When you want to, when you want to get into that. Oh no, absolutely. Their best player that they've gotten over the past years is Matt Breida, and they signed him as an undrafted. They free got agent. lucky that the Although Patriots. Kittle, Kittle's pretty good. Yeah, Kittle's been really good. They they got very lucky that Brady forced Kraft's hand and yeah. made, and made them trade Garoppolo. No doubt about it. Because they would be in quarterback purgatory. Uh, they'd be playing Nick Mullins. Um, all right, but yeah, I completely stand behind everything Sean said. It's it's a terrible place to be, but you know what? I will tell you this. Not I'm not playing devil's advocate at all. Sunday comes, Thursday comes, Monday comes. We're all going to watch. Listen, it's a terrible thing. It is. And and listen, it, it it's not good and and it's not me yelling about staying on a moral high ground and people who are like, "What is he getting all riled up about? He's watching the games, he's talking the games, he's going to move right on and talk about the next game." You know what? You're right. You're right. But 
I can still feel some way and passionate about yeah. something it's that's not wrong. Like we glossed and over this it. is wrong. And me not watching football or me just turning my back on it isn't going to change the fact that these decisions are nope. being made and that the games are being played on Thursday, Sundays, and Mondays. And, and that's why I laugh at people that say, "Oh, I'm not watching the NFL anymore." Okay, because they, they need you. Whether it be because of things like this, or whether it be because they're like, "Oh, they were taking knees and all this stuff." I couldn't believe they would do that. Either way, you're an idiot if you think you not watching the NFL is going to stop any of these advertising yeah, and dollars. and you know what? You who When could- Pepsi stops watching the NFL and fucking Target and whatever, I will understand then. Right. But when Joe Schmo tells me at the mall when I'm standing online with a Jets jersey that he doesn't watch the NFL anymore because somebody took a fucking knee or Reuben Foster or whatever did whatever and you're doing a silent protest, you just look like an idiot when you say that and everybody should just stop saying it. Agreed. And you know what, too? If you won't watch football because Colin Kaepernick and some players took a knee about a civil situation that is very much real and then alive, you shouldn't watch and you're happy to this. watch football and cheer while Reuben Foster gets signed and Greg Hardy gets to play and Ray Rice gets reinstated, you know what? You that shows where your priorities lie, yeah. and and you're not somebody that I'm really interested in engaging in conversation with. Exactly. But uh, why don't we talk a little bit more about football on the field? Because there are some good guys out there. Yes. Um, and one of them seems to be Kirk Cousins, and we will talk about the Vikings. They keep it rolling, twenty four seventeen. And you know what? Uh, um, we were talking about it. This is the game that guy got Kirk Cousins here for all the time. It seems like this is the game that they actually got him here for, and he finally won it. He beat Aaron Rodgers. He did beat Aaron Rodgers. It was a great game, and that's a decimated uh, Packers team. Mike McCarthy, I mean, Jesus Christ. How, I said it on the pod last week, a week ago from from tomorrow. How, how has he not gotten him fired yet? How has Aaron Rodgers not gotten Mike McCarthy fired yet? I don't know. I, and I, I think that he certainly will be by the end of this year because this loss all but ended their season. Um, you know what, man? Honestly, it, it's not even so – I mean, Casey, or Casey – you see, you've got me now. They got Ha-ha. the names. Well done. Oh, get the name right. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. I like that voice. Yeah, right. um, no, I, I think uh, Kirk Cousins, honestly, he's played pretty – if you look at statistically, I said this last week, he's having a great year. Really, the only question with him is: closing the is, game so. is he going to make the Matt Stafford play that shoots you in the foot when you when you can't afford it? And he, you know, had that in the Bear game. He didn't have that in the Packer game. He played great. He outdueled Aaron Rodgers. I look at Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think he's really enjoying playing football right now. Well, what's his record? I don't blame him. But uh, what's his record right now? Three and something. I mean, they haven't won a road game. Yeah, so I wouldn't really be having. And that over much the last few either. years, his road his road record is really bad. I I no fault not not that just up to the his, coach. Yeah, oh, I do too. But I also and and the fact that without him, that's probably a three or four. If win you ask team. me about Aaron Rodgers' future, I think he's going to be fine. Again, I I want to pump the brakes on the. It's the next chapter. There's that in the third. Oh Aaron God, no! Is great. No, no, everybody no, 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 relax no. on yeah. that. The arm talent's still there, and plus, and when his knee gets fully healthy after this season, he's going to be just fine. But if you want to talk about somebody's future, if Mike McCarthy doesn't get fired, I will be absolutely shocked. I, I would not be able to believe it. Yeah, and I don't think he's a terrible coach. Like I, I look. No, at, he just needs to change. He needs to change. Yeah. They need to change the drapes. They yeah, need to change no, the scenery. No, totally, totally agree. And I could see him going to a team. 
You know, like I, I Cleveland. I, yeah, I could see Cleveland. I could see Carolina. I don't want him as a Jets coach. I want somebody better than that. Honestly, you're I mean, in New he's York. Won a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, I, I agree with you, but I just think I would rather a Harbaugh. You got that stuck in my head, and it's either them or bust at this point for me because we're the Jets. I mean, this is a big market team. We got a big market quarterback now. They should have a better coach than that. That's not how they, these coaches look at it. I know, but <laughs> they they go they go to a place where they feel like they have the best chance. And and I think if Mike McCarthy w- ended up being your head coach, you'd go on the pod and say, you know what, we could do worse. Which is true. He might not we be could. your first choice, but he probably wouldn't be the worst. But going back to this situation, this was a game that again the Packers don't win on the road. They're winless on the road this year. And the Vikings had to have this game. They had to have this game. Keenum didn't make the or uh, Cousins didn't make the bad. I, I, now I'm fucked. See, I, I said it Cousins too many did times. not make Cousins did not make the turnover. bad mistake, yep. and he won this game. And now they they're gonna have to go play the Patriots this week. And I'm very interested to see in New England now in it will be the first weekend of December, Jesus Christ, of how well Cousins can play in that environment against Brady and the Pats. Um, But that was a big-time win for them. They needed that win. And I think the Packers season is done. Now the the, uh, ticking time bomb starts on Mike McCarthy's Packers career, right? Absolutely. I mean, again, I'd be shocked if he didn't get fired. But why don't we go ahead and recap our picks because we were going to go over league news, but Sean so eloquently already went over league news. So let's recap our picks from last week. I'm even going to recap Will. So good job, Will. You had a great week. Um, So first game we went over was the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. You took Philly. Will took Philly. And I took the Giants. Um, I was right on that one. They were plus six. Um, next game up, we had the New England Patriots. We were all across the board on that one with New England. Minus nine and a half against the Jets at the Jets uh, home stadium. Whatever it is, MetLife Stadium. Nailed it. Uh, thank you. And we were all right about that one. The Patriots won by more than nine and a half. Next up, we have the... I took the Detroit Lions against the Chicago Bears. We all know how that one went. I was dead wrong on that one. Uh, After that, you took the Arizona Cardinals against the L.A. Chargers. You said the spread was too big. Yeah. How'd that go? Not well. (laughs) And then finally, you took the... Pittsburgh Steelers. Hindsight is twenty twenty, man. What can I say? Pittsburgh Steelers at the Denver Broncos. Again, we talked about it. Ben had a stinker. I guess we all should have seen that coming, but you didn't. Uh, let's a move. Poor week for Sean. <laughs> yes, Sean went one and three. Will, good job by you, buddy. You went three and one. Tampa Bay minus three and a half. That was a blowout. And you took your Cowboys and you got to eat some cake at dessert or some pie or whatever it was. Were you there? Do minus you remember seven. what you had? Yeah, we had a pumpkin roll. It was delicious. That sounds good. Um, and then finally, my last pick, my sperm bank pick of the week. Throw it away. I am Owen whatever. Washington fucking Redskins and Colt McCoy. You can't even lose by less than a touchdown. You've got to be shitting me. I may never get this right. And at this point, it's a running joke. It's brought to you by some spermicide company. Listen. Because it is killing all of my bank here. Listen, we're going into week 13 right now. I don't remember what week we started this, but if all I really I know, wanted to, I all, could go back. All but. I know is that you haven't won. So the question is to our listeners: Does Tom 
get this win, or does he go winless with his sperm bank picks? For comedy's sake, I kind of hope I go winless. <laughs> but I am going to continue to try and pick the right game. Um, but why don't we move on to our picks for this <laughs> Thanks week? Thanks for your effort. Of course. So why don't we go on to our picks for this week? First game we have is the New York Giants at home, plus four and a half against the possibly, probably Chase Daniels-led Chicago Bears. Yeah. What say you on this one, bud? I will actually take the Giants. Okay. The last few weeks, despite that horrific loss and the way they lost, I still think that they've been playing a lot better of late. And I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Giants could still score some points on this Bear defense. It won't be easy. I think, you know, maybe somewhere around the 20 to 25-point range. Um especially if they decide that they want to run Saquon Barkley if he's having a day. Whoa. But, um, no, especially if Chase – I'm going to take this bet simply with – and this number with Chase Daniel starting in mind. Might change with Trubisky, but it will already be said, so I can't go back. I will take the Giants covering this four-and-a-half-point spread. I can see it now. Chase Daniel has like 300 yards passing. <laughs> and the Chicago Bears win by 10. Give me the Chicago Bears okay. minus four-and-a-half. Uh, on the road against the Giants, I just think this defense is too good. The Giants couldn't even get it done last week, although I don't think it was the offense's fault. I think it was the coaching's fault against the Eagles, but this defense, is, especially their secondary, is a hell of a lot better than Philly. Give me the Bears, minus 4.5. Let's move on to the next game. We have the t- uh, the New York Jets at the Tennessee Titans. They are plus 9.5. What say you, bud? I say Tennessee. Absolutely. This is a weird team. Um, but the way they have played at home, for the mo- yeah, yep. they have played well at home for the most part, and they do have to get back on track if they have any hope of, of preserving an opportunity for the wild card. And I think that you know, regardless of who's playing for the Jets, that team just looks broken. They don't like they they know that Bowles is done, so he's not inspiring them. And I could see this game being something like I don't know, maybe like twenty eight to fourteen. 28 to 17, something like that. Yeah, I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans as well. So why don't we go into our outside of locals uh, picks next? So I'll go first. I will take the Kansas City Chiefs in Oakland minus 15. Give me that shit. I'm saying it's a 21 point win. That's it. Maybe more. I was going to say, I think this is like a 41-point win. This, All right, well, this might be the... Uh, the reason why I picked this game was before the pod, I just said, I really want to root against Gruden so bad. So I just took him. Fuck it. I don't blame you. And, and honestly, I could see this being like how the uh, Chargers-Cardinals uh, game was from this week, where it's just an onslaught from the beginning. Uh, but that's a good pick. And you know I have no problem going against Gruden either. I am going to look towards... The Atlanta Falcons uh, Stadium. What is that now? The Mercedes-Benz Dome. Yep. The Baltimore Ravens are on the road, and they, they are, plus are a plus one. So, so they're you know they're giving the home team. They still think Atlanta's something. I I don't. And and the way Lamar Jackson's been playing, I like I like what I've seen, and I think they know that if not In now, when. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Listen, right. Atlanta's lost some bad games at home. I mean, they just have lost some bad games Almost everywhere. Lost to the Giants at home. They lost to the Cowboys. They've lost to a lot of teams. They just don't look like a very good team. So I will take the Ravens in this narrow spread at them being plus one. And Lamar Jackson goes to 3-0 and as a starter. All right. So that's locked in. Sean's got one pick left, but I have one pick left. 
Oh, we all know what this is. And that is my sperm bank pick of the week. Sean with a that was a terrible drum roll, but I wasn't whatever. trying to break I, our table, man. This is a little this is a little delicate. Um, moving this way. We can't sacrifice these see, mics. Maybe next time the mics will pick it up. But um I'm gonna go down to Houston. Are the you? Houston Texans are minus six point favorite against the Cleveland Browns. Give me the Cleveland Browns, so you, baby. Are they covering Sperm or you have them winning this game too? I have them covering the spread. Fuck it. Give me them winning. They're going to win their second straight road game. Yes. All right. But no, they. W- but I just have them covering. I'm not positive they will win, but I definitely think they will cover. I don't think the Houston Texans have beat anybody good, and I think Baker going back to Texas, you know, he's a Texas boy, Is um, it's going to be a close game. Okay. You know what? That's a. I like Lock that. It in. I do like that pick, and and especially off the way that they, they just won that game in Cincinnati, too. They're carrying some momentum for the first time in a long time. Yeah, it's a good pick, 2015. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go to Seattle, um, where the Seahawks are a 10-point favorite at home against the 49ers. Is this spread too big again? No. I think huh. this is fair. Um, Seattle has won some a couple great games in a row. They beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in that thriller on Thursday night two weeks ago. Then they just went across the country and beat Cam Newton and the Panthers and Riverboat Ron. And now they're coming back home to play a decimated San Francisco team who's just packed it in. That's a they're gonna be drafting in the top three and they know it. And I'm going to happily take the Seahawks at the minus ten. I see this being something like thirty five to ten or some thirty five thirteen. Something like that. So let's let's go Pete Carroll. Get on your uh get on your run here and, and, and prove me right. Absolutely. So why don't we do a recap of our picks? Some weeks I remember to do this, some weeks I don't get over it if I don't um, but this week I just listen did. to the pod again. Absolutely, yeah. Just rewind it if you have to. Get over it. Um, so this week for the locals, I took the Chicago Bears minus four and a half at the Giants. I took the Tennessee Titans at home minus nine and a half. Um, and then I took the Kansas City Chiefs minus fifteen in Oakland, and I took the Cleveland Browns plus six as my sperm bank pick of the week in Houston. I'm taking the New York Giants, minus four and a half against the Bears at home. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans, nine and a half point favorite over the New York Jets in Nashville. I'm taking Baltimore, plus one at Atlanta. And finally wrapping up with Seattle covering the 10 point favorite at home against the 49ers. So I have the bat phone in front of me right now. If I can remember between now and when I'm done producing this podcast to tweet it out, I will. But again, sorry. Sorry, sports. Get over it. But uh, have a good night, guys. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you Monday. Catch you next week.